Welcome back to the Go to Go podcast, man. Episode fifty six, week two, the NFL season coming right up, man. This episode we're gonna cover another segment, hot or not. We're gonna break down a couple select games we got from week one, and then we're gonna make our week two predictions as well. But before we jump into anything, taking a week one crown was me, ten and six. You eight and seven, so both above five hundred, man. As you know, it's a long season, so we still got plenty of weeks left, man. But starting us off, man, hot or not, go ahead and why don't you start us off this week? All right, starting off, hot or not, the NFC looks to be the better conference right now after Week One. I'm gonna say. That's a little bit of a hot take. The 49ers, as I said, man, elite team. Definitely, you know, up there in conversation for top three teams if you want to put them there. You know, you still got your Eagles. The Chiefs did take a loss to the Lions, so I see where you get the NFC narrative from. No Travis Kelsey. Kadarius Toney just looked like he was scared on the football field, trying to catch a pass. Some AFC teams dropped. In stock after week one, including the Bengals and Ravens, but I kind of expect them to turn it around. For the Bengals, Joe Burrow faced his kryptonite in a bad weather game, so kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. The Ravens, they're the team that really looks shaky to me. We'll talk about the Steelers in a little bit as well, and then you know with the Jets and their injury to Aaron Rodgers, how they're going to shape out, and the Bills' woes as well. So I see, you know. I just think it's a little too early to hit the panic button on the AFC when we came in with them so strong. I think we got to give them, you know, a few weeks to kind of get it set in stone. Just week one. But the NFC, the stock is definitely rising. They're, they're on the come up. All right. This, here's when you're like, hot or not, the Dolphins are the best team in the AFC. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say this is not a hot take, man. They're definitely up there for the conversation. You know, I was sitting there watching that game on Sunday, and I was like, you know, when the Dolphins had the ball driving, I was like, this is Tua's moment. They kind of set in stone, like, hey, this is why they took me above Herbert. This is why I deserve to be in that conversation of elite quarterbacks in this league. And he went out, delivered, uh, I think it was a third and ten, steps up in the pocket, throws on a run, Tyreek Hill down the sideline. I mean, he took a shot on third and ten. When in your own territory where you just maybe want to make it manageable because possibly could have been a four-down scenario. He hit Tyreek on that play, and just the throws he made all game, there was a couple questionable where he threw in a Tyreek double cover under through, but Tua was making great throws. The defense stepped up when it needed. Vic Vangio, not a big blitzer, dials up that blitz late in the fourth on that last drive, had Justin Herbert thrown off. Once they come together, get that run defense settled, that's where they struggled, I think they'll be – they definitely deserve to be up in that conversation. So not just yet a, you know, hot take. So, All right, yeah, the Dolphins, they definitely look good. We'll talk about them. And then my last one is hot or not, when Cooper Cup returns, the Rams can have the best offense in the league. That is just a bit of a hot take. I mean – Offense is still good. You know, Matt Stafford, gunslinger. He looked healthy. That elbow finally finally looks good. Happy for Matthew Stafford over there in, you know, L.A. We we're just talking about uh, Puka. I forget. Whatever. Yeah. We we're just talking about him. 
you know, Van Jefferson solid. Tutu Atwell had a really good game as well as kind of that slot slot receiver. Cooper Cup comes back healthy. If he looks like, you know, even 75% of his former self, definitely boost up. They could be in the conversation for a top offense possibly, but I just don't think they're there just yet because I think Cam Akers had 21 touches and maybe like 28 yards in the running yeah, game. Wasn't that efficient, yeah. So, you know, they got some places to clean up, but passing-wise, we know what Stafford can do and when he gets it going healthy. So it, we'll see in a couple of weeks. They could be up there if they get that run game, you know, decent at least. Mm-hmm. And those those are my three. For this is week one. Okay, okay. I'm going to start you off, man. Hot or not, Pickett's preseason was a fluke. Uh, I'm going to say that's not a hot take, man. You know, uh, coming into week one before this week, I was the, you know, Steelers truther on Kenny Pickett's side. Perfect pass rating or, you know, best quarterback in the preseason, but... Week one, when you're going against the best defense or, you know, one of the best defenses in the NFL, it's a lot different than, you know, the vanilla schemes you see in the preseason. 49ers were dialing up the whole game. It just looked like Kenny Pickett, his receivers were either, A, not on the same page or just Kenny Pickett was late. A lot of miscommunication. Offense just was non-existent. Couldn't run the ball. Passing game wasn't there either. And that 49ers defense looks to be just as good as they were last year. So it could be, you know, maybe if they were playing a team that wasn't the 49ers, they would look better. But there was also some things on the Steelers side where it didn't really matter who they were playing. The Steelers made mistakes in terms of, you know, not being on the same page. Kenny Pickett missing throws, injuries. Deontay Johnson went out with a hamstring. So it was like the perfect storm for that Pittsburgh Steelers offense. So I... Right now, I'm going to say it, it's not a hot take saying that it was an overreaction or Kenny Pickett's preseason was, you know, kind of fool's gold. They seem to be in some trouble right now. And, I mean, a stellar performance from T.J. Watt on the other side of the ball. You get three sacks, kind of, you know, deflates the offense, but didn't really look like that. Kind of gives team momentum, and Steelers couldn't capitalize. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I would say, yeah, good job for uh, T.J. Watt, but defensively it wasn't – you know, the best showing for the Steelers as well, nah. especially That's Patrick second. Peterson yeah. on the outside talking, you know, a little smack before the game. got some tells. Saying they got some tells. We'll talk about it afterwards. And then proceeding to get scored on at least two, I think, three times. But, yeah, Brandon, I, Brandon Ayuk was definitely cooking them. So <laughs> might be time to, you know, hang it up for Pat Pete. Hey, he's, he's up there. It went from Joe Hayden to Pat Pete on the back end of careers. I mean, Pat Pete a little more than Joe Hayden, but I mean, we'll talk about the Steelers as well. And hot or not, the Jets will make a move for a new quarterback this year. I think it's a hot take, especially at this point. Well, you know, I don't think it's a hot take, but I don't think they'll make a move. Like I could see okay. it happening. Like, everyone's saying, like, oh, Brady's going to come back. Do you, you think saw... it would be a free agency move, or do you think they would be willing to do a trade? Uh, I mean, it's tough to do the trade because they just gave up stuff in mm-hmm. terms of draft capital for Rodgers. So, now, you like, are you looking at players? I know they got a really deep defensive line. Maybe one of those young developing pass rushers could be, you know, a source. But I think at this point... 
you like that team. You like what you have. All the training camp, you know, you got your roster. All those guys have been there making plays. So I think you would try to go the free agent route. Now there's names, you know, Carson Wentz is out there. I believe Jameis Winston. So there's a few names. Tom Brady speculations. But I just think at this point, man, you kind of just got to just chalk it up and just hope Zach Wilson can just not turn the ball over as much and just play kind of, you know, distributor instead of hero playmaker like you wanted him to be at the number two overall pick. Be more like Brock Purdy and just, you know, the last pick in the draft and just just be like a conductor, you know, just get the ball out to your playmakers. You saw the amazing catch from Garrett Wilson. Brees Hall coming back, looking solid. So there's talent on that Jets roster. You just need Zach Wilson to kind of control it. But, I mean, it's tough. They're in, a, they're in a super, super tough position. Aaron Rodgers going down with that injury before even completing a pass. Jets are definitely in a very, very weird spot right now. But I would say they just stick it out with Zach Wilson. He's been there last couple years. He knows the system. So I think they just stick with Wilson. And... I saw like reports like apparently like Jets coaches couldn't sleep last night after losing Rodgers. I saw that. But one person I do like that if they could get a trade is Jacoby Brissett, backup quarterback over there in Washington. You know, played solid for the Browns last year, even won them some games. And he just had to be, you know, that Brock Purdy type player. He's a veteran that that leads. Carson Wentz has been some a name out there. Uh, Jameis, I think Matt Ryan as well. So. Definitely some names that have been thrown out there. But, I mean, watching the game last night, Zach Wilson, you know, we know his arm talent. He could zip the ball in there. It's just mm-hmm. those those mistakes and those, you know, trying to do too much like Josh Allen did last night. And <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll talk about the Bills later on in the episode. But that's all my hotter knots for today. It's going to move us to we're going to do a week one. Recap, we got three games, Dolphins, Chargers, Bears, Packers, and we'll talk about the 49ers, Steelers. Starting off with the Dolphins, man, you know, see the shirt, Cheetah, got a penguin on there, Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, 200 plus yards. I mean, if he's not up there for OPOY this year, in that conversation at least already, he wants 2K yards, can he be the first to do it? I just I don't see him staying healthy for every game, uh, especially being a speed guy. You know, you tweak a lot of muscles. He always has leg injuries, hamstring, whatnot. I think that's his only issue staying on the field. But as far as the Dolphins-Chargers game goes, you know, Dolphins offense, obviously huge highlight in that game between Tua and Tyreek, Raheem Mostert. You know, he had some decent runs, same with Sullivan Ahmed, but... The receivers look good. They went deep into the depth chart. I mean, you know, no Cedric Wilson was out, so. Uh, Should have brought up my boy, man. What, Chosen? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't he change his, change his name again? But uh, Braxton Berrios stepped up. Uh, Smythe, the tight end, stepped up. Robert Craycraft had a huge game, caught a touchdown as well. And then, obviously, the two-headed monster between Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Speed running across the field. Jason Sanders, kicker, who had a kind of a shaky last year after a great first year. Seeing back, he had some big field goals, long field goals as well. 
I really like the offense. The O-line held up, even with no Teron Armstead. Huge highlight, keeping Tua, you know, upright in that pocket most of the game. And holding Bosa and Mack off the edge was huge. Run defense was the biggest question mark. Christian Wilkins kind of had not even an off day. He just couldn't stop the run, and, you know, he can't single-handedly every game be the one just to stop the run. I know he plays that nose tackle position in a 3-4, but... They're going to need more from that run defense. It was tough watching that. Uh, secondary, you know, they were looking pretty decent. Cater Kohu, like the game he played out there. Uh, obviously, Jalen Ramsey out for, you know, at least, I think, seven weeks or whatever it is, eight weeks. Uh, but I just want to see that run defense improved. I think Tua showed that grit end of the game, like I said earlier, to where he was able to close out a game, minute and a half, Vic Vangio called up the right defense, something that, you know, wasn't there in Miami the past couple years, got pressures. Jalen Phillips continues to do his thing, one of the rising pass rushers and one of my favorite players on the Dolphins as well. So I really like the the defensive, you know, play calling late in the game, I think, drawing that pressure on Herbert. And as far as the Chargers, I mean, you got to get some help out over there. They established the run, which is a big surprise, something they usually don't do. But that defense is abysmal. I mean, it, it it's awful. They gave up way too many big plays. I think Khalil Mack was guarding Tyree Kill hmm. on one of the first plays of the game, lined up in the slot. So when you're drawing that up, I don't think it's a good game plan for sure. Yeah, uh, just the Chargers, their defense is really like going to be a big question mark because the last couple seasons it was always, you know, Derwin James was out. Joey Bosa went down with an injury. They were always missing a couple key pieces. But today, week one, they pretty much had everyone there. So that was a big surprise. You thought they'd put up, you know, more of a fight. J.C. Jackson, a big free agent acquisition, was just getting torched all day. He did have the interception. But, I mean, other than that, which Tua kind of underthrew right to him. But other than that, man, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, those guys were giving him, like, it, it, was a, it was a rough day. And you kind of touched on everything. The Dolphins... That offense looked really good. I, I think Tua looked a lot more comfortable in the offense as well. He looked really, like, decisive with his passes. I think that was a big thing that kind of helped him. You talked about keeping that pressure off where Tua wasn't really in the pocket, you know, holding on to the ball. He was catching it, reading, getting rid of it really quick. And when you have those two fast receivers, you can get rid of the ball quick, you know, 15, 20 yards down the field because those guys are running. So that made it a lot easier. And I think Tua's – playmaking ability kind of you know out of context because everyone always thought like Tua, you know two is a system quarterback that's what he showed he can be really accurate like when the play's drawn up and he knows right where to go but you mentioned you know that third down he made a few couple nice plays rolling to his left out of structure big throws he also had that one throw you know climbing up in the pocket throwing that strike down the field so you know Tua is showing a couple flashes you know that he's able to play make and create out of the pocket where we really just only thought of, you know, Tua sitting back there, one read and go, whereas he's progressing, he's reading, he's buying time and making big plays. And, you know, that's what the elite of the elite quarterbacks have to do nowadays to win those games. And Tua showing flashes that he can make it to that level. And then Tyreek Hill, you touched on it. That was, he was like the player of the day, 200 yards, two touchdowns. And I think I heard he had a press conference or whatever. Him and Mike McDaniels were talking about, like, oh, like, I'm actually, like, running routes, and I'm, like, actually playing receiver now. 
he would mention like oh last year I was just running just to get open but he's like now I'm actually running routes and actually like getting open not just because of my speed which is insane for someone like Tyreek Hill to say who's considered one of the best receivers in the league and he's like yeah now he's finally like perfecting his route running craft and he's finally like not just using his speed he's you know getting savvy using those breaks getting in and out and you kind of saw it in this game where yeah he was Tyreek Hill just running past dudes but I mean he was getting open he was creating separation with his routes so it, if Tyreek Hill can hit that on a consistent level and then now you're talking 2k yards pretty easy getting open like that being able to create separation with your routes and your speed that's just unguardable so Tyreek Hill apparently trying to tap into some you know potential that's there We'll see. This Dolphins offense is going to be fun. They're going to score a bunch of points. That motion and stuff McDaniels drew up was really nice as well. Almost kind of like the um, arena football or whatever, giving those guys that run and start uh, when they snap the ball. I think that also really helped Tua kind of, you know, figure out what the coverages and reads were before the snap, give those guys a head start. It just looked like the Dolphins were just more prepared than the Chargers in that game. And, I mean, I said in the hot or not, Dolphins – Looking like one of, if not the best team in the AFC right now. I mean, not all of the big names kind of fell. So, I mean, the Dolphins and the Jags, those are the two that kind of came out on top in terms of teams that I think that put on an impressive performance week one in the AFC. But, yeah, I think the Dolphins, if you're a Dolphins fan right now, as long as Tua is healthy, you should be excited. Yeah, and I forgot to say that that first drive the Dolphins had when they drove all the way in inside the 10 and had another bad exchange between Tua and Connor Williams. I mean, that changed, you know, the momentum just to start the game and it, being able to bounce back and, and still keep that offense going uh, just, you know, shows his uh, veteran presence now and his, you know, poise as a quarterback in the league. Yeah. It's going to move us to the Bears and the Packers. Do you want to start off this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, the Bears and Packers this year was like the Bears and Packers every other year we watched football. Packers showing dominance, and the Bears kind of looking lost. Uh, I'll start with the Bears just because a couple question marks, and I, it's unfortunate that Justin Fields still has these question marks at this point in his career. You like to see him develop. You like to see him take some steps. But um, I think out of all of the passes he threw, I believe only like, a handful of them went past 10 yards. A lot of checking down, a lot of stuff behind the scrimmage. DJ Moore with only two targets. Not kind of how you want to use your best weapon. But the Bears, they need to play better. But, the you know, the uh, takeaway, the highlight of this game was the Packers and Jordan Love. And, you know, it's seeming like they hit on three straight QBs in a row. Jordan Love didn't play, you know, an amazing game. But he played really, really well made the reads that he needed to read. He looked sharp in that um in that offense. Not Aaron Rodgers' offense anymore. You know, we see LaFleur, he's running his scheme, his system and stuff. So Jordan Love had three years to sit behind him. Just pretty much make that offense his, really, really learn it. And we saw a lot of quick, decisive throws. You know, that run game also helped Aaron Jones looked really, really good before he, you know, came up and pulled that hamstring or whatever. But the Packers just, they just continue to dominate the Bears. And that's pretty much what I thought going into the game. Jordan Love doing what he needed to do. You know, Romeo Dobbs had a really big game, getting the tight ends involved. Aaron Jones also in the screen game, coming out of backfield, 
had that one screen pass for a big gain and then a little Texas route out the backfield. Um, those linebackers were kind of, you know, getting picked on a lot by Jordan Love, where TJ Edwards from the Eagles and Tremaine Edmonds from the Bills were some of the best linebackers, if not the two best linebackers in free agency. They kind of had a tough game, but it is week one. If you're a Bears fan, hopefully, you know, things can get better. Things can turn around. But, you know, if I'm a fan of the Packers, I, I love what I saw. Jordan Love went out there and made this team better, didn't hinder him, and wasn't just a game manager. He put on a, a really good performance against the Bears team where if you're a Packers fan, you just expect to beat them. So, yeah, I'm unfortunate for the Bears. It could possibly be, you know, another 10, 15 years of just losing to the Packers. Yeah, I think you touched on it uh, pretty well. I mean, the Bears offense – you know, they were in the game for, for the most part until it kind of got sloppy in that fourth quarter with the Justin Fields pick and everything like that. But you mentioned it perfectly. I mean, this is not Aaron Rodgers. This is Jordan Love we're talking about. And he knew his first game as a true starter, you know, Aaron Rodgers' departure. Let's not do too much. He said, let me get the ball to the playmakers. I mean, Aaron Jones, I think, housed that screen for a huge chunk of yards. Mm-hmm. Um he had nine carries for 41 yards. A.J. Dillon couldn't really get it going on the ground too much, but the Packers kind of stayed true to, you know, let's try to establish the run. And yeah. then he also spread the ball out, so he was making the right reads. You know, Musgrave, three catches. Uh, Jaden Reed, two catches. Dobbs, four catches. A.J. Dillon, two. Uh, Samori, two catches. So, you know, he was kind of getting everyone involved in that offense, just making the right reads, getting the balls in the right spot. And not turning the ball over, most important thing to do as a quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, lower on the Packers than you were. And I took the Bears, and they kind of showed, you know, same old Bears maybe. And this Packers offense, I don't, it's, I don't even think we've seen the best of them yet. Cause Christian Watson, their number one receiver, he was out with that hamstring, whatever. And I know Dobbs questionable all week. He missed a ton of practice. He was kind of, you know, I think a, like a Friday or Saturday decision to play so he wasn't really out there at all so he wasn't 100 percent, 100 percent. so i think you know these guys get back healthy and you know without the injuries and they stay afloat jordan love and his packers offense can really really you know be a threat in the nfc and i will say the bears part chase claypool i mean (laughs) like he just he looked awful out there like lost he couldn't even lay down a block it looked like half effort maple tron And he, he was not helping the team at all. I mean, Darnell Mooney looked like the best player on that field for the Bears. Yeah, he had a nice touchdown catch. And, you know, maybe if Justin Fields just – I kind of want to see the Bears just try to let him fully loose and let him just zip it and rip it at some point. You're just going to have to see what it is with Justin Fields. And, you know, you mentioned, like, I don't know how many throws went past 10 yards. I think that's more in the play design rather than – you know, Justin Fields in itself, at least let, let's see what happens. You know, mm-hmm. he only played, I think, with the one drive in the preseason or whatever, two drives, and they were screen pass, passes house for touchdowns. Yeah. Like, I mean, come on. <laughs> Gave away their whole scheme. Yeah. And you come in week one and run the same thing. <laughs> yeah. like, like, at least change it up. Something. Don't run it in preseason. Right. Like, could have saved that for week one. But, yeah, that's my – Packers, Packers defense looked very solid, too. I mean, they were, you know, giving Justin Fields some fits, too, as well. Yeah, their defense looked solid. 
Which it it always it has been for the past couple of years, and that mm-hmm. O line held up really nice for Jordan Love as well too. Yeah, definitely did, man. It's gonna move us to, in my opinion, one of the worst games we could watch. Uh, depending on who you're a fan of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're a fan of the San Francisco Forty ers and that Steelers Niners <laughs> game, it was not fun. I mean, I think we've all seen the stat line and the you know the pictures of the hundred ninety nine yards from San Fran. One yard for the Steelers. It, it was abysmal to watch. You know, give you the hot or not on Kenny Pickett. I've I've said it here before. Kenny Pickett, I don't think, is a going to be a guy in this league. Maybe he'll be a veteran presence bouncing around the league. Journeyman quarterback. That's really my ceiling for Kenny Pickett. And, you know, preseason hype. The best, you know, QBR, as you mentioned. I feel like it got to everybody's head. And they forget it's preseason football. Now, granted, week one, top def- one of the top defenses in this league, most complete teams. But, I mean, it was ugly top to bottom offense and defense for the Steelers. Brock Purdy, he had a day. Brandon Ayuk looked like Tyreek Hill out there. I mean, he was cooking <laughs> defenses, and he might be a top ten receiver. Like, that's how it was really looking. And, I mean, CMC, insane runs as well. He was breaking off, but... It's not like it was anything crazy from the Niners. They're just doing 49ers things, taking care of business, just getting the ball to their playmakers. And the Steelers' defense, who, you know, we mentioned the T.J. Watt three sacks, but it really didn't even help out the team getting blown out. So the Steelers are going to need to hit a reset button. I don't think it's going to be this week. We'll talk about that. But just ugly game from the Steelers, and the 49ers did not make mistakes. Yeah, so uh... – Kind of like you did in the last game with the Packers and Bears. I'm going to see here. I got to lick my wounds with the Steelers, man. I I was, I know, like I mentioned, I was a little ahead. I was on the side of Kenny Pickett, you know, know a couple Steelers fans. So maybe them, you know, talking them up, a lot of propaganda being spewed to me kind of chose me to lean towards the Steelers. But you pretty much touched it, man. And going in, we thought this would be, I thought it would be a lot more competitive game defensively. But, I mean, when your defense is just on the field all the time, it's kind of hard. It doesn't really make it easy for them guys. And, like you mentioned, Patrick Peterson, not able to keep up with those young guys as much. Uh, I think this was more on the 49ers, though, than it was on the Steelers because week one, you know, a lot of teams come out, a lot of guys looking rusty. I'll even mention Jalen Hurts, you know, my Eagles there was times where, you know, it, you could tell he didn't play during the preseason, kind of, you know, knocking out the rust. A lot of teams didn't look too sharp week one. A lot of defenses had a pretty good games. But uh, in terms of the 49ers, it looked like they were in midseason form. It looked like they didn't miss a beat at all. They had everyone getting involved, everyone contributing. Kittle had a couple grabs. You mentioned McCaffrey. He looked really, really explosive out the backfield. He was back in Carolina. Ayuk. He looked like he's stepping up, being the number one. And then you got Debo just in the slot, in the backfield, making plays all over. Offensive line held up. And that defense, one of the best performances, if it wasn't for, you know, what the Cowboys did to the Giants on Sunday night, I'd probably say the best defensive performance of the day. They just looked dominant on every side of the ball, every front, every aspect. And, yeah, think a bit off a little too much more than we could chew with the Steelers. I don't think they'll be horrible I just think the Steelers are going to be who we always know they are, who we, what we think they are. They're going to be a team floating around 500. They'll play a couple playoff teams that rest their starters at the end of the year and 
Mike Tomlin isn't, you know, under 500. He gets his one or two wins to go above. All is good in Pittsburgh. Usually, the Steelers are kind of lower. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, wow, we're, I was low on the Steelers. And they showed us that they're better. Now, everyone was a little, the needle kind of ticked a little towards being higher on the Steelers. And it's like, oh, wait, they might be a little bit worse than what we think, which is right in the middle. So I think that's just what we got from the Steelers. And the 49ers just show that, you know, they up there with the Dolphins, up there with, you know, that Cowboys performance. They're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFL right now. So if you're, it was a, it was a, a great dominant win for the 49ers traveling across the country on the East Coast, coming from San Francisco. It clearly traveled well. So it, it was a, a great win for the 49ers, a statement win. Yeah, it definitely, definitely was especially for Brock Purdy coming off this offseason, trading Trey Lance, Jimmy G gone this offseason as well. He kind of, you know, came out there and he did his thing, no doubt. That's going to push us to uh, week two in the games we got coming up, man. And I kind of like this slate of games, man. I think, well, you know, considering I have two teams, but your Eagles in prime time. And my Dolphins and my Browns both in prime time. So I guess, you know, it's national scale. Big games for us this week. You know, the Eagles playing the dreaded Thursday night game, kicking us off. Vikings traveling to Philly, playing the Eagles at, is it Lincoln Financial still? Yeah, at the link. Yep. At the link, yep. Lincoln Financial Field, man. And, you know, the Vikings, who I was kind of, you know, Pretty decently high on in that North division. I got them dropping to 0-2, man. They had a rough week one where they lost to the, you know, the Bucks and the, the underdog Baker Mayfield. We'll <laughs> touch on later. But, you know, Justin Jefferson showed some frustration. Kirk Cousins turning the ball over, making some bad plays that really hurt this team and put them in a position to lose. You know, Thursday night primetime, Kirk, whatever. I just think this is the game where the Eagles kind of get back on track. I think they started off, you know, so hot against the pa- the Pats that they kind of put in cruise control mentally a little bit and sat back and got complacent a little, and that's how the Pats got back into it. And, you know, the Eagles aren't in midseason form. They can't just snap right back into it. So I think that's what really happened with them. But prime time, I think the Eagles, you know, I think it's a pretty close game. I think it's going to be – a lower scoring game, both teams maybe in the twenties, but I got the Eagles close at home, you know, against the NFC opponent. I think they need to go, you know, two and zero, and maybe see some, you know, flashes from Jalen Hurts of last year. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna pick the Eagles as well. Home opener for Philadelphia. Um, I'll just touch on the that game against the Patriots really quick on the road. It, it, it's tough. You kind of mentioned they got complacent with the big 16-0 lead early on in the first quarter. But, I mean, against, you know, Bill Belichick, arguably the greatest defensive coach ever. They finally got an OC, Bill O'Brien. He's, you know, been productive in this league before. So, you know, watching the film and stuff, it it just looked like they always had an answer for what the Eagles had on defense. And offensively, it it just came down to a couple big misplays. You know, Jalen Hurts fumbling the ball, pressure from the patch getting there a little bit, not picking up a couple um, blitzes. Hurts missing a couple reads. I know Dallas Goddard was open a lot that game, but it kind of looked like Hurts was just predetermined throwing the ball 
One drive, you know, Devontae Smith is hot and he just locks on him. Next drive, A.J. Brown gets it going. Not really, you know, scanning the field, which I understand. Picking on the rookie, Christian Gonzalez a lot. He had a rough first game, but I mean, guarding arguably the two best receiver duo in the league. That's a crazy first NFL game going up against Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. So I, I think it was a, a really good first game for the Eagles to let them know that, you know, you're not going to be able to just cruise control this entire season, maybe like you did a little bit last year, knocked the rust off, came out with the win most importantly, and I think they should look to get back on track, although there were a couple big injuries, a couple big names that might not be suiting up on Thursday. Uh, Bradbury might be out with the concussion. He had a head injury. Uh, N'Kobe Dean placed on IR, foot injury. He'll be out for a couple weeks. And then Fletcher Cox and Kenneth Gainwell both banged up with ribs. Hopefully both of those guys will play. But, you know, last year got kind of lucky with the injuries. This year, starting off early week one. But like you mentioned, with the Vikings, it just looked like the worst team against the Bucks. man. It was weird. Defensively, they played okay. Just let a couple big plays. Mike Evans down the field, middle of the post, caught a nice pass. Baker, I mean, you've watched him play. If there's one thing he can do is throw the ball down the field. Everything else might not be there, but Baker always had a solid deep ball. And offensively, you touched on it. The Vikings, a lot of big miscues. Justin Jefferson is going to get his regardless. But, you know, 150 receiving yards, no touchdown. Kirk Cousins, you know, just dropping the snap, bad fumbles, and throwing interceptions that just aren't really the throw to be making. So I think the Eagles kind of build off a solid, greedy, ugly win last year at home kind of, you know, pull the scale back, like, okay, let's relax, let's come down and play football. I, I think the Eagles win a, a convincing game on Thursday to get back on track. No doubt, man. I'm going to refer to the bottom of the list of those games I missed. I'm going to cover those real quick. Mm-hmm. For us 49ers, um, not really traveling. They're going down south to the state of California against the Los Angeles Rams, man, who, you know, surprising – Week one for the Rams, I mean, they played a very good game, um, surprisingly beating those Seahawks who had a surprising year last year. Are we too high in the Seahawks? We, we'll see about that. But 49ers-Rams, we just touched on, you know, Matt Stafford and that offense and how good it could be. But, you know, this 49ers defense, I just it, – it's tough to kind of bet on the Rams right now. I got – you know, a lot of question marks, no Cooper Cup, top weapon. I just don't think the Rams would be able to do it on both ends of the football, defense and offense. Going to be a very tough task stopping this 49ers offense who seems like they got it going on, you know, every level at every position on the football field. So I got the Rams, you know, taking an L at home, going one-on-one one one to start the season without Cooper Cup. Not bad, you know. I'm pretty sure they were a little bit lower, but the Rams still have hope. Niners travel 2-0 for them. Yeah, I also think the 49ers win this game. And uh, I think Matthew Stafford showing us how important it is to have a a really good quarterback in this league, no matter who you have on the offense. You kind of mentioned, you know, health-wise, he looked fully healthy. You saw him stepping up, moving around, making pretty much every single throw in the pocket, feeding a bunch of those guys, Tutu Atwell. Puka, you mentioned a lot of the Higby had a couple nice grabs. Run game wasn't really there, which where if you're the Rams, you kind of want to 
have a run game to lean on. So you don't have 35-year-old Matthew Stafford throwing the ball so much. But he proved that he can, you know, kind of get back to his Super Bowl form, maybe Detroit form, where he was ripping the ball all across the place. It looked good. If you're the Rams, you know, you got Matthew Stafford. Maybe the window isn't completely closed. Maybe you try to be a little competitive, but I don't think that's going to be something you can do against the 49ers, especially how they came out and just killed a team that we thought could be a little competitive. So the Rams, I think, are kind of in the same place or along the same levels as the Steelers. That defense, you know, all those weapons are healthy. As long as all those guys are on the field. Fred Warner made a bunch of crazy plays against the Steelers, had a drop pick, could have been a pick six, tipped another interception. So, yeah, I mean, the 49ers got talent all over the place, and I think it might be a little too much for the division rivals. And I think the 49ers kind of, you know, it was for a couple years, it was always the Rams beating the 49ers in the playoffs and all those big games. But I think, you know, 49ers kind of, they got this game under control. I think they won pretty convincingly as well. It's going to take us to the new look Vegas Raiders, man. They travel east into the northeast part of New York to play the Buffalo Bills, man. Bills' first home game, struggled week one, big time. Josh Allen trying to do too much against that elite Jets defense, came back to bite him. I like what I saw from Stephon Diggs picking up his quarterback in that game, even though they lost, man. It's a tough one. It's only week one. You know, I expect Josh Allen to come back and be, you know, still a top 10 quarterback playing against the Raiders. You know, Jimmy G, they played a solid game. Josh Jacobs couldn't really get it going uh, last week. They played the Broncos. It was a pretty solid game. They were able to finish it in the second half. But here I got the Bills, man. They need to bounce back, get a statement win after that terrible week one loss where Aaron Rodgers gets hurt, you know, first drive of the game and. You got Zach Wilson to back up, and you can't complete the game going into overtime, and you let up. You're Josh Allen. You throw a pick that leads uh, to points, and then you also have that bad snap where he picked up and he fumbled. I think that was, you know, I think that was the biggest mistake there. You got to take care of the football, even at that point, if you just fall on it and just keep it. But just try and do too much. Expect Josh Allen, you know against a lesser Raiders defense to be able to sling it, do Josh Allen-like things. And I got the Bills winning at home. Yeah, I think this should be a, you know, get-back-on-track game for the Bills as well. The Raiders, they're an okay team, kind of scratch and claw to win against the Broncos. But you mentioned that just that Jets defense looked really, really good, and I don't think this Raiders defense is anywhere, you know, as near as good as that Jets defense. So hopefully a couple easier looks for the Bills. Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen had a nice connection, but uh, it just got to a point where Allen was just trying to force him the ball in double coverage over the top where he just wasn't there. I think, you know, I don't want to say it was uncharacteristic of Josh Allen because he is turnover prone. He turns the ball over, but, you know, the way he was doing it, whereas it just seemed like he just locked on to Diggs, was just trying to force, force, force. Not the best bet. I mean, teams, good teams, especially good defenses like the Jets, are going to kind of lock on to your best target and ch- try to take that away from you. The Raiders, I don't really see them, you know, being able to do that. Jimmy Garoppolo had a solid game. Jacoby Myers was his favorite target. He unfortunately went out with a concussion. Probably won't be playing, especially after how bad as that hit looked. 
Still got Devontae Adams. Still got a couple weapons. You mentioned Josh Jacobs. Maybe he gets something going on the ground. Brees Hall had a couple nice runs. So maybe we see a bounce back game from Jacobs. But ultimately, I think talent-wise and coaching-wise, the Bills should be able to run away with this game if, as long as Josh Allen can protect the ball. Yeah, it's going to take us to the Los Angeles Chargers traveling to Tennessee to play the Titans, man. And here I got a bounce back game. Not really a bounce back game for Justin Herbert, but kind of for the defense. You know, the Titans, they didn't look too good week one at all. Really couldn't get anything going, uh, whether it was Derrick Henry or Ryan Tannehill attempting to throw the football. Made a lot of bad plays. I... I think this should be, you know, I know it's on the road, but this should be a win for the Chargers. Just come out there, play your game. Kind of want to see just that defense get a step in the right direction, give them a little momentum. We know what Justin Herbert can do. We saw it last uh, in week one, him feasting. Kind of expect the same from him. Big talent in the league. I got the Chargers winning on the road. Yeah, it's going to be a lot, of, a lot of just repeating. I got the charges as well. The Titans, like you mentioned, Tannehill didn't look good at all, really. Missing a lot of throws, sailed a couple of throws, guys open. He's just not on the same page, just missing them. Derrick Henry looked okay in his attempts. Had a nice, I think, couple decent runs, a nice screen pass early on in the game. So, you know, there's potential there. The Titans want to look to exploit that Chargers defense that got taken advantage of last week, but... Like you mentioned, man, I think this offense figures things out, gets that scheme down. Defense won't have as much as a challenge against, you know, guarding Tyreek and uh, Waddle on the perimeter. Kind of the exact opposite with older DeAndre Hopkins and who's their number two. Uh, Traylon Briggs, he's back healthy. So, yeah, I think it'll be an easier challenge, even though it's on the road. Titans just didn't really look that good. Weren't able to finish that game out against the Saints. So I'm going to pick the Chargers as well to get their first win. AFC North matchup. Baltimore Ravens going to Cincinnati to play the Bengals, man. I'll let you I'll let you kick it off. Uh, I'm going to pick the Bengals. The Ravens, like you mentioned, against the Texans team where there was a lot of ups and downs for that team. Ravens still... Looked like they were having trouble to pull away, and you know, eventually we were able to kind of run the rock, score a couple touchdowns at the end after unfortunately losing J.K. Dobbins to yet another career, or not career, well, damn near career at this point, but another season-ending injury. And the Bengals, like you touched on, it was just an ugly, ugly game, man. The weather wasn't there. The Browns have just always seemed to have their numbers. I think, you know, against the Ravens at home, whereas that defense, especially that pass rush, for the Browns was able to get home. I don't think the Ravens' pass rush will be as near as dominant. I think Joe Burrow and the Bengals have a good bounce back game and they get on the board and take this win. Yeah, I think that J.K. Dobbins injury, you know, it's going to lean on Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. Uh, yeah, you kind of mentioned not being able to pull away. It took them a while for the Ravens to pull away. As far as the Bengals, I mean, Cleveland, they kind of built this team, even though they gave all that money to Deshaun Watson. They kind of banked this team, you know, to win those nasty weather games and making it, you know, a great run-blocking team with Nick Chubb as your workhorse. Big injury. Uh, well, excuse me. For the Bengals, they played in that bad weather game. Joe Burrow really couldn't get it going. 
first drive, you know, he had a big third down to Jamar Chase. Maybe looked like they had something early. The pass rush from the Cleveland Browns ended up getting a burrow. Uh, new additions on the D-line. Talk about the Browns later. But the Bengals, Joe Mixon really could not get it going whatsoever either in that run game. Kind of won't expect the same. You know, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, I don't expect him to be held catchless all game. But I, I got the Bengals winning at home against the Ravens. I think it's still going to take them another game for that new offense to kind of start reaching, you know, near potential for him. That's going to move us to team we were high on in the Seattle Seahawks traveling to Detroit to play the Lions, man. Go ahead. Yeah, the Seahawks had a – it was an unfortunate game, man. The Rams just looked like they came out and dominated. They were ready for that game. Unfortunate Seahawks dealt with a couple, you know, key injuries throughout that game. So there's going to be some question marks. And the Lions, they had, you know, one of the most impressive wins in week one, defeating the Chiefs at Arrowhead, getting the win. They just looked really impressive. Jared Goff made the throws he needed to. Amon Ra got going. Jameer Gibbs looked explosive. And, you know, a few touches he got. That defense seemed to step up, you know, from last year. Aiden Hutchinson made a lot of nice plays. So I think, you know, with the injuries and the question marks around the Seahawks, Couple players banged up. The Lions are riding hot. They're feeling good. I think the Lions at home, that crowd's gonna be crazy. Lions are actually relevant in football. You know, Detroit's been needing that for a while. So I think the Lions have a good game here and win at home. Yeah, man. Uh we were talking about the Seahawks and some losses at the tackle position. Geno Smith uh getting banged up a little bit. Tyler Lockett concussion as well so we'll see about that but you know traveling to Detroit on the road it's tough for the Seahawks for a team that I thought you know had the potential you know to be a wild card team in that NFC I think the Lions start this season off 2-0 and and there's not too many years ever you'd say you know Lions got a chance at 2-0 and but I think it's one of those years man energy's different in Detroit you know, the weapons they got, Amon Ross St. Brown on the outside is just, you know, probably like one of the most secure, you know, wide receivers you could trust in just to go out there, do a job and be, you know, a top tier wide receiver. Still don't think he gets, you know, kind of that credit. We might see more of Jameer Gibbs getting eased into the offense. You mentioned Aiden Hutchinson, a lot of pressures on Pat Mahomes uh, last week. He was looking great out there. And they, they held their own against Pat Mahomes. I know, you know, no Travis Kelsey, Kadarius Tony with some ugly drops that led to, you know, tip ball drills. And we know what happens for DBs when they see that ball in the air. It's up there forever for them. So they made some plays when they needed to, executed well, and just kind of, you know, expect them to win at home. I think this will be a good game. I think the Seahawks kind of get back on track, but uh, Lions too much. Uh, for Seattle, so got the Lions, man. It's gonna move us to AFC South between the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans, man. Go ahead and take it away. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Colts here, even though it's on the road. Might be, well, definitely gonna be an easier matchup for the Texans. That you know, their team looked, they had some ups and downs. You know what you'd expect for a rookie quarterback, but I think the Colts. With another rookie quarterback, this will be a fun matchup. Two rookies playing, showing off, playing against each other. 
I just think, you know, Anthony Richardson, he looked a lot more explosive. He looked a lot more dynamic in that Colts offense against, a, you know, a solid Jags team, was able to put up points, got a rushing and passing touchdown, looked really dynamic on the ground. So, you know, it, it was a typical rookie first game, missed a couple throws high, you know, airmailed a couple passes, but their defense looked okay at times. That Trevor Lawrence-Calvin Ridley connection kind of got to him, but I just think the Colts are the better team. Texans still, you know, trying to figure some things out, whereas I think the Colts definitely, definitely know. Anthony Richardson's their guy, and he looks solid, and I think they just, you know, build off of that with a win in week two on the road, which would be huge. I was going to say, man, I was kind of, you know, slightly impressed with both of these these rookie quarterbacks, man. Anthony Richardson, he had the one pick, but, I mean, he looked solid all game, finding his top target in Michael Pittman. I just think the lack of the Colts getting the run game going, thinking there's hinting a return of Zach Moss. Maybe he'll step into a, a role and take over that running back room and kind of give them a, you know, serviceable running back to where take some pressure off, you know, Anthony Richardson. But, you know, C.J. Stroud, I liked what I saw from him uh, throwing the football. looked pretty decent out there, threw for 200-plus in his debut and, you know, he's starting to find a groove with uh, Nico Collins, Robert Woods, both of them having solid days and clearly both of his favorite targets so far. But I just got Anthony Richardson just that running upside here in this game. As long as he doesn't turn that ball over, fumble it, lose it carelessly, uh, I think the Colts got a great chance to win. If not, it's the Texans games. But I'm going with the Colts as well here. That's going to push us to the Chicago Bears traveling to Tampa Bay to play the Buccaneers, man. Go ahead. This is, I, I think, our first switch up of teams here right now. Yeah, I'm just going to take the Bucks mostly because they're at home. I think this could be a toss-up game, but that Bucks defense looked pretty good against the Vikings. You know, they got some solid veterans on that back end, some guys that, you know, they know what they're doing. And I think against the Bears, offense that's showed, they're still kind of struggling. I think they can give Justin Fields some fits here on the road. At home, Baker Mayfield, he's going to be, you know, hyping up this crowd, you know, just giving in to all that noise and stuff. So I think he'll be in his element. And they got some playmakers on the outside. Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are still really, really solid producers on the outside for the Bucks. So I just think at home, easier matchup offensive-wise for the Bucks. I'm going to take them at home. Yeah, man. And this one, I, I'm still banking on the Bears, really don't know. Why after that week one performance, but I got him traveling on the road uh, in that Tampa heat, getting a dub, mainly because I, I've been hearing a lot, Baker Mayfield's back, this and that. Watched a lot of Baker Mayfield in my life. I'm grateful for the time in Cleveland. He gave us a big playoff win against uh, the sorry Steelers. So always love Baker for that, man, but if the Bears could just apply a little pressure and force Baker Mayfield feet to start moving in that pocket, they will have a field day uh, against him. So I got the Bears, Justin Fields. I want to see him kind of get unleashed. That Bucks defense did look very serviceable and solid. Uh, you mentioned the veterans and whatnot for him. But I, I think the Bears, they need to establish that run game truly and then let Justin Fields take a couple shots, man. Don't be afraid. We know he has a big arm. He did it at Ohio State. He did it, 
you know, in high school. He's now time to prove it in the NFL for Justin Fields. So I got the Bears winning on the road in a tough game. Next up is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, two of the AFC's top teams going up against each other. Go ahead and give me your pick. Yeah, this is going to be a fun game. I think we'll see a lot of points scored. Chris Jones, he's coming back, you know, signed that one-year deal, which is tough because apparently he was, you know, had a lot more money sitting on the table, but comes back on a one-year kind of prove-it deal or a rental. Travis Kelsey, hopefully he'll be back fully healthy from that injury. Mahomes has his security blanket, his go-to guy there. If he's on the field, you know they're going to be moving the ball, scoring a lot of points. And Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley, man, that connection looks to be alive and well. Saw a lot of great things for them. ETN and Tank Bigsby seem to be productive on the ground. Colts defense, you know, or excuse me, the Chiefs defense that seemed to step up really well against the Lions. I think this Jaguars defense is going to be, offense is going to give them a little bit more fits. Trevor Lawrence, more dynamic player than Jared Goff, who's a, a really good quarterback in this league. But I think the talent, arm talent, you know, everything Trevor Lawrence brings to the table will be a, kind of a different beast. So this, I think it'll be a back-and-forth game. I can see a lot of points being scored, a lot of fun big plays happening when you have two super talented quarterbacks like this on the field. But I just think the Chiefs, they're the better team. Beat them last year in the playoffs. Kind of have their number at this point. I just, you know, I, I believe in Patrick Mahomes down the stretch. You know, maybe whichever team has the ball last. But I, I like the Chiefs here on the road. Get that first win and even it up one and one for both of these teams. Yeah, I think in a Chiefs-Pat Mahomes era, they're not sure how many games they've lost two in a row. It's probably Can't not many, if any. <laughs> like. So kind of expect them to get back on track. Chris Jones, you mentioned, I love that Calvin Ridley connection over there in Jacksonville. That looks dangerous for the AFC. I mean, they had a field day. They love Tanks Bigsby. You mentioned him. He had a solid day as well. But I got the Chiefs, man. I don't, you know, predict Kadarius Tony to look like a scared, scared kid out there on the field, even if he gets <laughs> targets. I expect him to get a second chance. I mean, there's not too many options at that receiver position for the Chiefs. So it's, you know, he's slim pickings and he's got the talent. We know he could play. He just needs to kind of get a little confidence going. I think he might this week, especially if Kelsey comes back, take some pressure off, open it up for him. I think the Chiefs will end up winning this game. And I think it might be, you know, a 10-point game. But like you mentioned, it might come down to that last possession. But regardless, I just don't see the Chiefs going 0-2 right now. If they do, then it's time for them to kind of step it up because I don't think they haven't been the one seed just yet in that Pat Mahomes era to where he's been, you know, him. So big game for the Chiefs coming up, no doubt. It's going to move us to an NFC matchup, man. New York Giants. Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. Yeah, uh, the Giants coming off of an ugly, ugly opening week one loss at home to the Dallas Cowboys. And I think the Cardinals, they put on a, a solid performance against the Commanders and almost pulled it off. But, I mean, the Cardinals are just all over the place. And the Giants, although they did get embarrassed by the Cowboys on national television, Although they did keep Daniel Jones in the game for way too long for no reason, just taking the hit after hit, just for literally no reason at all. 
I think the Giants are a better team. They're better than the Cardinals. They'll be able to run the ball like they want to. They were able to run the ball against the Cowboys on that first drive and move down the field pretty easily. It wasn't until they got those Giants, you know, behind the eight ball a little bit, a couple big special team plays, a couple defensive plays, had the, had the Giants, you know, in only passing situations where you don't want Daniel Jones and those weapons in only passing situations. I think they'll be able to get to a comfortable lead early. They'll run the ball, make easy, easy reads for Daniel Jones. And I think, you know, after getting him, embarrassed and blown out like that game against the Cardinals is what the Giants need and I think they you know get back on track and get a win here yeah man I'm not gonna get uh, too deep too analytical into this I think you you covered exactly every point man the Giants need a bounce back game and they're playing the Cardinals <laughs> they could not make a better schedule for the Giants right now <laughs> you know this part for them. just what the doctor prescribed <laughs> yeah bro he just walked in gave him Gave the Giants the script, man, and they're taking it to CVS as we speak. Uh, I mean, the Giants, they should win this one clear-cut. Cardinals, you know, if they win this one, it's time to maybe hit panic button for New York and maybe a little credit to the Cardinals as well and those guys in Arizona. But it it was abysmal Sunday night. They should have just turned the game off mid-broadcast. But Micah Parsons, he even mentioned – uh, on his podcast, uh, he doesn't know why Daniel Jones was left in, and I think that was probably Brian Dable's worst coaching decision of his career. Like you're leaving a guy you just paid, your franchise guy, even if you know you want to knock off Russ. This you got it. You got to take him out, man. You just let him get yeah killed. He was getting killed back there. It was not fun. So it's gonna move us to. The other team in New York in the New York Jets and Dallas Cowboys, who I think is going to be one of our, you know, better games this week, even without Aaron Rodgers in Dallas. We mentioned the Cowboys and how Micah Parsons got after it and the rest of that defense as well. The Jets defense, probably just better than that Cowboys defense. But, I mean, I just, I don't see Zach Wilson getting another win like they did last uh, last night especially with that punt return, the offense really struggled. I mean, it was first and second down. Every time was a run for the Jets. You knew what they were coming out with. Maybe a little game plan, something different. I, I got the Cowboys, man. Yeah, I think I, I'm going to take the Cowboys here as well. And what probably will be a defensive, low-scoring game, Dak Prescott, you know, against the Giants, they got a big win, shut him out, but – he wasn't really too impressive. Didn't have to do too much against the Giants. They were up by so many points just off of defense and special teams where Dak Prescott wasn't really asked to do much. So this will definitely be his first real challenge of the year. And like you mentioned, Zach Wilson on the other side. Unfortunately, what happened to Aaron Rodgers? Tough, tough week, first week matchup for him to be able to you know, start in quarterback, stepping in, going against the Cowboys defense that literally just shut out and obliterated the Giants. So... I think we see two defenses continue to take advantage of offenses with question marks or offenses that haven't really been challenged yet. And I, I'm going to just pick the Cowboys because they're at home, and I, I like what they have a little bit better on offense. Yeah, 13 for 24. He, he really didn't have to work, man. That's going to lead us to the Commanders versus the Broncos, man. Why don't you go ahead and give us your pick? I'm going to pick the Commanders. You know, the Broncos – Looked like they had that game against the Raiders pretty much under control. Just weren't wasn't able to close it out. Russell Wilson didn't look horrible. Sean Payton, you know, 
got that team under control. A little throwback to the Super Bowl with the onside kick. But I, I like what Sam Howell showed with the Commanders, man. He was against the uh, – they played the Cardinals. Yeah, he stood in the pocket, made some decent throws. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dodson are two, you know, really, really nice weapons on the outside. Brian Robinson looked pretty productive in the run game. And the Commanders' defense, I think, is going to be solid. So, It'll be tough, mile high on the road. I can see the Broncos winning, but I'm gonna just trust in Sam Howell. You know those weapons. Maybe it comes down to a you know blown coverage or a big play. I like the I like the Commanders here against the Broncos. Um, I'm gonna go with the Denver Broncos. Russell Wilson had a solid game. 27 uh, completions, 34 attempts, two TDs. But the one stat is kind of like a eye opener: 177 yards. Very low, especially for 34 attempts and 27 uh, completions. But, you know, they kind of had that game of control, as you mentioned. Uh, I just don't like the way, you know, the commanders kind of played the Cardinals. They let them hang around, I think, a little too long. And if you let the Broncos do that, they got a better team, better coach, uh, better quarterback play, just a better all-around roster. I don't think it will be able to, you know – work um jerry judy will he be back uh i'm looking at reports maybe not so regardless you know i kind of want to see russ open up find those guys Cortland sutton etc javante williams solid day samaje p ryan good debut over there i think it was averaging over five yards a carry for the broncos so i expect the broncos to get back even 501 and one after this ball game that's going to lead us to the Dolphins-Patriots, man, Sunday night football. And this is my matchup of the week, man. Go ahead. I'll let you start us off. Yeah, this this was a tough one for me. The Patriots at home showed a lot of fight against the Philadelphia Eagles. Mac Jones, with the offensive coordinator, looked good, man. He, he was, you know, decisive with the ball, knew exactly where to go, made a couple nice throws down the stretch, even had a chance to win the games. Receivers, you know, a couple jobs, a couple receivers not able to get their feet completely in bounds, whereas Mac Jones did everything he could. He was distributing, throwing the ball, made a lot, a lot of nice throws against a, a solid Eagles defense. So this was tough, but I just think what the Dolphins showed, their speed on the outside, you know, that ability to the that ability to adjust by the defense at the end of the game, switch it up, and come up big with a stop. Tua's kind of had the Patriots numbers. I don't think he's lost to him yet in his career, right? I think he hasn't lost to the Patriots yet. So I like the Dolphins here, man. Tyreek, couple big plays down the sideline. Jalen Waddle, it's just going to be tough for any defense to bottle those guys up. So uh, I'm going to go with the Dolphins here and what should be a really, really, really good game. You just hit me with a two stat I didn't even know because they're not the same Patriots, you know. From years past. He's 4-0 against the Patriots. Yeah, Tua um, plays good against New England. And in four games, he's thrown for 726 yards. Just three touchdowns. But, I mean, he limits two turnovers. But, I mean, 2020, 2021, you know. But going 2-0 sweep of division opponent last year in 2022 – um, when he was healthy, I think one game he was coming back banged up. But the other game he threw for 270, a touchdown, uh, and a 104 passer rating as well. So, you know, 
I might be leaning to the Pats if I was not a Fence fan. Maybe just a little that at-home Sunday night vibe. You know, division opponent, you can't really go out like that. But I see the Dolphins, you might as well, you know, mark it up to a 5-0. and Because I got the Fins, man, Sunday night. I think this is going to be the best game. I think it's going to be lower scoring uh, compared, especially to last week in the Dolphins game. Because that P- Patriots defense, yeah, pretty solid. Pass defense is legit. And for Christian Gonzalez to go against probably the, <laughs> the second best duo receiving core in the NFL in Smitty and A.J. Brown. To the best duo wide receiver core in Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. Gonna be tough. You know Bill Belichick's gonna draw up some crazy defensive scheme. But I got Mike McDaniel. It's not the same old Dolphins, man. Great coach on the other end as well. And, you know, I, I got the Dolphins winning primetime Sunday night, man. That's gonna push us to our doubleheader of Monday night football. So whatever game, you know, you're kinda looking for. They got it Monday night. They got the Saints-Panthers and another divisional matchup. A lot of divisional matchups early on in the year, NFL scheduled. Uh, and I think it's going to be a pretty good one. Bryce Young kind of struggled through the year in game one. I got the Saints winning. Derek Carr looks solid. Run game, you know, Jamal, Adam, or <laughs> Jamal Adams. Jamal Williams kind of got it going towards the end. Chris Olave. Already looking like, you know, a Pro Bowl-esque wide receiver over there in New Orleans. Uh, Derek Carr just looked very solid. Defense, you know, played pretty well. Marshawn Lattimore made a play or two on the back end. Uh, I just think, you know, Monday night, lights are bright for Bryce Young. I just, I see this one being, you know, a decent game. But I see the Saints getting a big win on the road. Yeah, this is, to me, when I see Panthers and Saints, I... This is going to be like a whatever game, man. I, the Saints, they looked okay against the Titans. Nothing crazy. I think it was more of the Titans looking horrible. And then you mentioned Bryce Young, up and down, shaky first game of his NFL career. Don't think it gets much easier. I think that Saints defense is going to be a lot tougher than the Falcons. But on the road, you mentioned Derek Carr looked okay. And I think that Saints defense gives Bryce Young some problems. Probably won't be the most entertaining game. I can see this game, you know, being pretty low scoring. Both teams kind of in the in the teens or low twenties, but I think the Saints are better and they get a win here on Monday night. And that's gonna get us to our second Monday night game, another divisional matchup, and it's the AFC North, man. And Cleveland Browns traveling to Pittsburgh to play the Steelers. I mean, I got the Browns. I'm gonna touch on them, and you know. This new defense they got over there, and your guy, Jim Schwartz, it, it looked phenomenal. They had Miles Garrett lining up over you know, over the center and the guards, swinging him around. Now that you have two viable edge rushers, you, and you can move Miles Garrett on the inside on those third down you know, uh, passing scenarios where you know it's a pass, it just gives defense so many fits and problems because then the edge is still, you know, you still got elite pass rushers. Darius Smith. The number three highest graded PFF player for edge rushers. And Miles Garrett, number two graded PFF in week one. I mean, you got those guys coming off the edge. It, it It's a scary sight. The Browns defense, I'm going to go ahead and say this right now. I think the Browns have the best corners in the NFL between Denzel Ward, Greg Newsome, and Martin Emerson. The way they locked up 
uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, even though it was wet and rainy, there was a couple chances where Joe Burrow gave him the Jamar Chase. He couldn't come down with them. Same with T. Higgins. Denzel made some great plays. What we like to call Emerson Island and Greg Newsome playing well as well. Grant Delpit, not bad. Maybe Juwan Thornhill uh, comes back for week two as well. He was out week one. And then uh, Deshaun Watson, in my opinion, the highest graded QB in the AFC North when it comes to QBR. Rainy game. His interception was tipped at the line of scrimmage. It was very shaky when I first watched it, but it got tipped up, man. He made some good throws, and those timing throws that weren't there last year when receivers are coming out of their break and just delivering the ball on time, he made a couple of those fin them in tight windows over defender and while under defender. Really like the throws he made. And, I mean, Nick Chubb's just doing Nick Chubb things. No one's talking about him. He had 106 yards uh, in a rain game. So I expect the same Nick Chubb this offense, Mari Cooper, you know, Elijah Moore got it going. I like the way they use Elijah Moore, switching him from, you know, in the slot to the backfield. Very versatile the way Kevin Stefanski's using him. And I kind of expect Deshaun Watson to get unleashed against the Steelers defense. Kenny Pickett's 1-0 in his career against the Browns, but uh, I was just looking at his stats. His completion percentage was 44%, uh, and he threw for one touchdown. So not really the greatest stats of all time against Kenny Pickett. We saw what happened last week. That Steelers defense, what scares me, Jack Conklin, he's out for the season with another uh, torn ACL. But Dewan Jones, the young big fella, I mean, he's massive on the outside as a tackle position. Question is, you know, I know the Steelers are going to try to line up uh, Watt on that side. Is he going to be quick enough off the ball to stop it? We'll see. Deshaun Watson, good mobility. But I got the Browns in a big AFC North matchup getting a win on the road. Yeah, and you pretty much covered everything with the Browns. Uh, you mentioned Deshaun being unleashed. Uh, that week one, we didn't, you know, weather conditions and stuff, we didn't really get a chance to see it. So I'm going to pull the range back just a little bit. I'm, I, I want to see it first with Deshaun Watson and that Browns offense. It was tough conditions. But one thing I, I do think is pretty solid is that defense, and we saw what a really, really good defense did to the Browns on week, or excuse me, to the Steelers on week one. And I don't think this Browns matchup will be much easier for the Steelers. So I think a, a really big defensive game, maybe you know, give the offense the ball in some plus positions, short drives, big turnovers. I just think this Browns defense will be a little too much for that for that Steelers offense, especially losing their number one receiver. Kenny Pickett not really on the same page with those guys. So uh, I think the Browns should win comfortably, you know, on the backs of their impressive defensive performance. That's going to wrap up, man, our week two predictions. Um, obviously, long season ahead of us. I'm 10 and 6, you're 8 and 7. Uh, so we'll see. You're the reigning champ defending your crown. We'll see what happens in week two, man. But that's going to wrap up. Goal to go, episode 56, man. Any last comments you got? Any else topics? Anything like that? No, man. It was a fun, exciting week one. A lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of crazy stuff. But football's back. (laughs) It took the words right out of my mouth, man. Football's back. Sundays are back. Got something to look forward to during the week for sure. 
But that's going to wrap us up, man. Go to Go Pod on TikTok. Go ahead, like, comment, share. Go to Go on YouTube. Like, comment, subscribe. Apple uh, Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, all that, man. Go ahead, tune in, man. And until next week, we'll catch y'all. Peace.